Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the gorgeous Iris Heelan. We're talking about doing the PhD your own way. Um, We talk about the challenges that you might come up against in terms of difficulties, in terms of communicating with your supervisor. We talk about the importance of experimentation in the process. And we also talk about Serena Williams. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. Iris. Hi Emma. It's so lovely to have you here. Um, We've been having some chats because you do similar kind of work to me and it's just so lovely to talk to someone on the same kind of wavelength. So then I said would you come and do an interview and you said yes. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. I uh, completely feel the same way so it's great great to be invited to your podcast. Hooray hooray. Um, So we always start with um, people telling us a little bit about themselves and their own journey um, through the PhD out the other side. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? Uh, yeah, um, my story is I'm a former PhD student. So uh, I also did a PhD in healthcare, And um, um, I started off in my PhD while also be in training for a healthcare psychologist, so uh, an independent treating uh, psychologist. And um, during that time, I was quite struggling a bit to manage all the tasks and stuff I had to do for both jobs, right? And um, um, and then, well, also some personal stuff came up. And unfortunately, I went through a burnout um, during, I think, the second year of my PhD. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, of course, a very rough, rough time. Uh, but it also gave me a lot of opportunity, uh, if I now look back on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, um, you know, to change, change my life around, actually, and uh, change around... 180 degrees uh, how I was actually doing my PhD and combining the healthcare work I also did Um, so um, actually at the end uh, I managed to yeah finish my PhD in half the time because I was actually so much yeah more productive and working in a completely different way than was uh, sort of uh, the, the normal way in academia uh, and I learned a lot about myself and uh, where my stress came from. And at the end, I uh, got a lot of distance from that. So I didn't take negative feedback or criticism as personally uh, as I did before. So it didn't touch me as much. Right. So, mm. um, yeah, I got off. Um, uh, I got off. Yeah. A bumpy start. I would say I had a bumpy start. But then at the end, I had an amazing amazing road and uh yeah the, the finishing up was just on a way more relaxed way and in half the time so it was it was an awesome outcome at the end <laughs> yes it's a happy ending we like happy endings yeah um, we do. but what I love about you is that you went through that time which you say was really difficult for yourself but actually yeah. was able to reflect on that 
use the skills that you had to support yourself and turn it around and as you say now share things with other people in terms of helping them because I think this um there will be lots of people listening I know will be able to relate to that trying to do lots of things at the same time as doing their PhD so the PhD is one of the important things that's on their plate at that time I think there'll be lots of people too who are able to relate to that experience of burnout and how to Mm -hmm. either feel you know they're feeling themselves on the edge of burnout or they are in burnout just now um, and can relate to the need to do something do it differently yeah Um, and when I said what we're going to talk about you said um, freeing yourself from the prison of academia I was like blimey (laughs) (laughs) but I think I think again I'm sure lots of people can relate to that that sense of feeling trapped feeling Mm. like there's all this stuff that that there's rules regulations ways that you have to do things and and that you you feel like you are in prison and you've locked yourself into some hideous experience (laughs) (laughs) but you want to talk about obviously about being free doing it a different way doing academia your own way so tell tell us a little bit about how we can do that yeah I think uh that was the key word for me uh when I went through that into that burnout that I felt trapped and was sort of imprisoned Mm. um uh, and um so it made me think about how to get out right (laughs) how to free myself from that prison and um if you keep doing the same thing over and over again so keep doing the same thing you've done work-wise how you feel about things how you think about things then you keep also uh, getting more and more stuck so you really Mm. need to change your way of thinking, your mindset, uh, the way you do science, practice science, um, uh, you know, communicate differently with your supervisors, you know, do things differently. That's Mm -hmm. actually um, the way to go, uh, in my opinion. And then also know what is sort of the right way. And for me, it was a complete experiment. (laughs) So I just did yeah, I just did things differently and some things worked out and some things really did not. <laughs> um, but it was all okay because I was on this journey and it was all an experiment and I started to do more of the things that worked out and, uh, of course, eliminate the things that uh, didn't work out that well. Uh, so I started actually just doing that. <laughs> I love I love that word experiment and I use it a lot with people. Um because it's so permission giving um, Mm. and it works for you in terms of kind of going, I'm just going to try it out. I'm just going to see what might happen. It also can be really useful in terms of putting things, ideas to supervisors and to other people to say, can we experiment with this? Can we try this as an experiment for six weeks or for four weeks or however long? And people, it it often softens it in terms of opening up a conversation because it's just an experiment, right? If it doesn't work, we can go back to the way it was. Um, you know usually yeah. the experiment is worth exploring um but I, I love that I love that as a word and also yeah, what you're saying we're very strict we're very strict with ourselves and we yes. have to do stuff in a certain way but who says you have to right yeah it's, yeah. yeah yeah I think we we can operate more on a gray level instead of the very black and white extreme levels that we're actually in within academia the most yes yeah. and yes allowing yourself that that 
wiggle room, allowing yourself to try yeah. things out. And I think what you said about doing things differently is so important and it's a real mindset uh, issue, a central issue, because people come into a PhD because they have done very well previously in academia. Yeah. They are high flyers, they've excelled. And so they have had, must have had systems set up that have supported them. But actually coming into the PhD, it's such a different type of work. It's such a different way of working that, yeah, there's a need to kind of look again. Um, and not even a need, like it's 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 an opportunity <laughs> to do things differently. Yeah, let's put it like that. Yeah. It's an <laughs> opportunity. Like well, and, and to change and to do things differently and develop a, a whole new level of understanding yourself and your subject, I think. Yeah. And I yeah, know definitely. you have some, I know you have some insights into that. So I'll just wonder if you I'm gonna let you get a word in edgeways. <laughs> if you say some things about how people might start to think about and do things differently. We've talked about experiment already. What yeah. else might we try? Yeah, so the first thing is the realization that you just, uh, what you are doing now is not per se working for you, as in it gives you too much stress, mm -hmm. um, or you don't get what you want whenever you talk to your supervisor or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever you have that insight into, uh, this is not really working for me, uh, then try and do things uh, differently. And I think it is, it has a few pillars in there. Uh, that are most important so um, for me it was a lot in communicating differently with my supervisors um, I was constantly sort of defending myself and like oh I haven't done that because oh because of this and this and this reason and uh, or I can't do that because of this and this reason I was constantly sort of defending myself towards them because I didn't want to sort of lose face uh, towards them mm. uh, and mm. then I just stopped defending myself so that's the first step uh, nice. the first step right stop doing what you've actually been doing all the time and didn't really work um, yeah. so yeah. Um, that is just one of the examples in communication um, so communication is a very big pillar uh, in this that's massive and, again I'm, I yeah. know loads of people will just because the relationship with a supervisor can be such a tricky thing. And yeah. I think that, as you say, recognising perhaps where things are getting a bit sticky and then thinking, okay, well, I could try different things. I can experiment with different ways of being and see what might be more effective. Yeah, and, and you can make it uh, as concrete as you will, for example, how you say no or how you set boundaries, right? Um, right how right. do you do that in a very tactful way yes. uh, that it also yes. works out? <laughs> yes, yes, So yes, I yes. did a lot of experimenting on that front. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think, too, too much of detail to go into right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, communication and then also a big pillar is how your relationship with yourself and how you, um, yeah, you also said it uh, already, actually, allow yourself, right, a a sort of permission to experiment for things to go wrong or differently than you had anticipated. And that's all okay. Mm. Um, mm. So the relationship with yourself and um, uh, what evokes the stress in you because another person might not actually be stressed about something and you are so what makes it that 
uh, that you are the one who's stressed about this um, and mm. change change your mindset in that. Mm. Um, so yeah, be more compassionate, I would say. Be more compassionate towards yourself. Um, and people, I think what I hear a lot is that people feel like they're failing or not being good enough. Um, yes. And yeah, I just want to tell you guys out there, you are good enough, right? And and you are so much stronger than you think. And and that's that's something I think is very worthwhile to discover about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, we're very yeah, we're very strict with ourselves. Um, and there's a whole... Co- Sorry. There's a whole Sorry. culture out there that, that, you know, the academic culture is of not enough. And one of the big messages is you are not good enough. Um, it doesn't make it true, but it also doesn't mean that it's if, if you're feeling that way, it's because the, that message is coming your way, just wider culturally. Yeah. So um, it really isn't true. And I love I love it. And absolutely what you're saying, you are good enough. Absolutely, you are good enough. Yeah, and I think those uh, those fears you have about yourself and not being good enough or a fear of, uh, fear of failing, you know, th- those, what what you're saying, um, the academic culture is like the, this breeding ground uh, where those fears can thrive, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, in yeah, so we touch upon, I touch upon this uh, a lot with uh, people I, um, I coach in this. And uh, what you also said, it's not true. Right? Yeah. So we get, we get this message all the time and we might also start to believe it actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it really true? No, it's not. Um, but you know, you, you have to get some distance from that fear, basically. Um, and that requires really a mindset shift. You know, you can't just say, Oh, um, I, I know rationally it's not true, so I don't feel it anymore. I don't feel stress or fear anymore. <laughs> it doesn't work that no, quickly no. and easy, um, unfortunately. No, um, so it requires a bigger mindset shift in that. But this is definitely one of the first steps in that, you know, to really rationally know, yeah, it's not true. Yeah. Mm. So we've got communication, relationship with self, anything else? Yes, I would say uh, energy. Uh, Mm. And energy is very wide and you can interpret it in in many ways. But um, I think uh, most people I talk to don't have don't feel like they're energetic uh, or they're in a rush all the time and feel super exhausted after work or uh, you know they they can't sleep well because of all the the rumination at night for example Um, Hmm. so uh, energy to get your energy back in balance uh, would be very good to have less energy takers in your life or in your PhD in your research and have more energy givers into your life and you know be relaxed in the good way and refuel in the right way um i think phd is definitely a marathon it is not a sprint right Mm. so Mm. so you really need to be wise uh with your energy and how you spend um and and also refuel in time yes Um, absolutely and i think a lot of people just going 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 um, and then you burn out because it's just you cannot do that for several years. You know, you, yeah. you might do it for one day or one week, maybe even a month. But after that, it's going to cost you. Yeah. 
Yeah, here, so here. refuel uh, in the right way. Um, yes, what is filling you up? What is filling you up? Yeah. Brilliant. Charging that battery. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we wouldn't do it to our mobile phones, would we? Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't get, let it get as low in energy as we do with ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love this. Anything else? Um, I would say, and this is also maybe um, more of a, uh, when we come to the top tip at the end, uh, I would say adapt a way of working that works best for you. Mm-hmm. Your supervisors normally don't really care about how you get it done, just about that you get it done, right? That you have yes. something to show the productivity and all that. Yes. Yes. So yes, yes. If, you're a, if you're a morning person, you know, why don't you, you know, get up at six and start working at seven and be done uh, around three o'clock, for example? Or if you're a, an evening person, and your productivity and focus is best in the in the evenings or even at night. Why don't you work then? And uh, you know, it's 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 more about adapting um, the, the surroundings towards how you work best, instead of um, adapting yourself and forcing yourself in this uh, way of working that is sort of normal and mm. that has to uh, that, that you that you need to do. Yes. Uh, or everyone else does, right? Yes, yes. I think there's some gorgeous stuff we had um, Devon Price on and they were talking about, you know, the way in which this nine to five day is constructed. It's a capitalist construction. And actually mm. the PhD moment is an opportunity for you, like you say, to work in a way that suits you, suits your rhythms. I love it. I love it. Yeah. To, that's one of the real gifts. Um, you know, if you like a nap, have a nap <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and as you say as long I, I love that phrase I think we should all have it printed out above our desk that the, the supervisor doesn't care how you get it done as long as you get it done so yeah <laughs> find a way of getting it done brilliant brilliant I love this I love this stuff so much so you mentioned top tip um we've got this top tip about weight working we've already got a extra one a bonus one they see in terms of working in a way that suits you anything else for us to take away um yeah I just think um it's important to you know get this message out there that um yeah you are good enough you Mm. are not failing you're doing so much more than you know you are in the major leagues cognitively right We, we have these athletes that um that you know, I, I have even um, in my masterclass, I also talk about this. Um, I have this picture of Serena Williams. She's an amazing athlete and a, really a beast, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. And then, yeah, and on the court, actually, for everyone to see, uh, she's taking care of herself or she's attended by, uh, by a physician uh, because of her bad ankle, for example. And it's there for everyone to see. And taking care of ourselves uh, in academia is, is still sort of a taboo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm very, I find this very disrupting. And um, I think, especially when you have this cognitive uh, job, which you do have, and you're in the major leagues of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's like 
being an athlete cognitively. And um, we don't take really good care of ourselves to actually put down those performances. You cannot, if you're, if you're stressed out, you cannot perform on that high level. You probably notice if you, if you are stressed uh, that you cannot think very clearly. Yes. And that's absolutely necessary in order to practice science because it's just a top sport. Oh, I love this metaphor so much. I love it. <laughs> yes, because it's totally true. If you're doing a PhD, you're in the top 1%, aren't you? It's about 1% of people do a PhD, I think. Yeah. If that. And I love this sense of being like a pro athlete. And because that's a question I ask people a lot. It's like, who's on your team? And, and, and oh, yeah. they, they hadn't think, think about that. But like you say, Somebody like Serena Williams, all pro athletes have a team. They've got their physio, they've got their dietitian, they've got their sports psychologist, they've got a whole set of people around them because they need that to bring their bring their A game. And so, yes, this sense of looking after yourself, bringing your team together around you to support you and give you that advice. I love that so much. Yeah, and oh. the team is, is actually doesn't have to be only your supervisor. You know, no. you can also, uh, it depends on whatever your needs are. But if you seek some mental support or some recognition, talk to a colleague. If you just need to cry it out, um, go to your uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, good friend, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you if you feel like hmm, this, this, uh, this writing is going terribly, uh, maybe you should just seek some help uh, for someone who can help you write. Um, you know, all these different aspects, you can really build a team a network around yourself that help you and just know where to get what you need from uh, which people. Love that. Or, well, also pets. Uh, we come back to oh, pets yes. a lot, but pets are totally on your team. They yes. totally believe in loving you and they actually are awesome in terms of support yes. and uh, okay. emotional uh, availability. So big up the pets too. I always like to do that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, oh, Iris, thank you so much. Um, this is this has been so gorgeous to chat with you. And we, would, we also, we are um, plotted for the summit that's going to come um, in April um yeah, we're part better. of it and some other people are going to be part of it too and and I know you're going to talk more about um being in touch with you know communicating with your supervisors a workshop there so I am yeah. really looking forward to that um and I'll be sh sharing information with everyone um uh about that as as we get as we get more plans in place but thank you so much for your time today Iris it's been gorgeous to spend time with you Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening.